Hello, this is a show about the economics of rock and roll. I'm your host, Ryan Bazinet, and this is the No Love Songs Music Business Podcast. This episode features Long Island heavy rockers Hold Fast Hope. I spoke with their songwriter and guitarist, Dan, about single promotion strategies, how to get on the radio, and why your band should get off Facebook and Twitter. Check it out. Welcome, Dan, from Hold Fast Hope. I've been trying to talk to bands to just kind of learn more about the music business, and specifically uh, in New York, and, and kind of how bands navigate all the different things that we all have to do from gigs to putting out music to, to getting that music in people's ears. You know, the song, The Fox and the Wolf came out and it's just, it's really blown up. Maybe we start with that song. What was your strategy with, with getting that song out? I mean, first of all, let me just say it's a great sounding song. So obviously you, you got to start with that. And we could talk about the awesome mixer slash producer, uh, Nick Starantino, who I know uh, worked on that song with you guys. And, and I'm working with Nick now. He's really talented. But so start with a great song. But then what? Then you got to you got to get people to hear it. So so what was your strategy? I guess just to start, because you mentioned it, I love Nick Starantino. He does incredible work right now. You know, he's working out of Westfall, but we've been with him for a while now. Second you know, record we're doing just incredible work all around. So if you're a Long Island local, hit him up. In terms of the marketing approach on this, uh, so basically we are ramping up to a full length. It, a lot of it, honestly, is a lot of experimentation, seeing what works and what we can get to stick. But like in the heavier genres, like the gatekeepers, as you want to call it, you know, the people behind radio, playlisting and everything, they want to see full records, at least in the heavier section of the market so it is a little bit harder because the rest of the world is kind of moving into very like singles oriented market rather than like full length records so we're trying to kind of toe a line in releasing new singles i guess the idea behind it is just trying to build off of each song with a waterfall release strategy also something that we've i think something that actually really heavily contributed to this one was tiktok because we're doing basically we have this pr company that i've worked with before called uh, high road publicity run by Jaseel Lee, who's a just phenomenal dude, uh, does fantastic work over there. He's basically been picking up traction on TikTok for a while now. And we did like basically just besides playlisting with them, targeted Instagram and TikTok co-promotions. And the one for the Fox and the Wolf actually just really took off on TikTok. They had like 200,000 views or something, the video he did. And really helped jump our streams and get some new fans in the door from that end, which was nice. Besides that, we have done like just a range of target advertising, like you said, you know, um, mostly Facebook and Instagram. Um, although there have been like some Google spends trying to help, you know, people see the music video more. Can you talk about the video? Was that this promotion company that put that together? Do you have a do you have a video person? We worked with Matt Collimore for that one. Uh, he's a great like VFX artist and. Uh, we actually got connected to him through uh, Nick Sarantino and he, he did some great work on like the lyric videos. Now, basically, actually, we're this weekend and next week, we're going to be filming like an, uh, some new music videos for the next two singles. Having like a strong digital asset is is so much, I think, these days, even though like, honestly, most people are only going to see the or hear like the 15, 30 second version that's on socials and advertising. It's one of the most compelling ways to get people kind of like checking out your stuff and like listening to it more in full on like the DSPs like Spotify and 
Apple Music. And I mean, YouTube is just never going out of business. When you mentioned waterfall strategy, if I just uh, can make sure I understand that right. So that's the idea is that you, you're, you're building an audience with one release. And then when you build it, the, when you release the second one, you're not starting from scratch. You're building on, on top of that one. And then you, you keep on building. Is that the idea or is there more to it that I'm not understanding? I mean, from a theoretical point of view, yeah, like you're you're trying to capitalize just a little bit more on each one. On a more technical sense, like whatever distributor you're using, like you release the first song, but then when you go to release the second song, you're not just going to release the one song. You're going to upload the song plus the one you already did after that. You take the ISRC code from the first one and make sure it's connected when you upload again. And that way the stream count is going to stay the same and it's going to apply to both versions. So basically once you drive people to a new song, then they follow up and hear the next song and the streams count, you know, all the same. Like if you basically go to check out like um, the Fox and the Wolf by Hold Fast Hope, when you click on like the, the single, there's technically two songs there. It's the same version of one by one that comes after it, but they're attached on the back end with the ISRC codes. So basically the streams on that version still count for like just overall the streams are one by one. Could you talk a little bit about your radio strategy? I think, think you mentioned it briefly, but you, you've had some success getting some, some stations to pick up. So which stations have picked you up and, and how'd you build those relationships? In terms of radio, where we've been played recently, I think the big one that I've been really stoked about, honestly, is WSOU, uh, Seton Hall. That was a really big get for us. And honestly, I was very, very excited about that one. They, the host, I guess, compared us to, I won't forget this. He, he basically said, it's like if Thrice tried to make a Mastodon record. I got hooked in with um, the Syndicate, their radio promotion company, um, because I, I've tried doing it in the past. And it's just, that's one of those things where like, when you have the time and wherewithal to be able to handle it, like by all means do so save wherever you can but some things for us were just becoming a little bit too unmanageable and even where we are still like you know diy band we're you know we're self-managed generally you know me for the most part managing us it became too many things to try and kind of handle ourselves it's also one of those things where it's like yeah you can do it but like are you good at it especially in these like gatekeeper-esque worlds like radio and like playlisting on spotify you can beat down people's doors, you know, day in and day out. But if they're even seeing your message, they may not even be reading it all the way, let alone responding to it. But when they get that email from somebody that they know and that they're connected with, you know, they answer things. So in certain areas, like I, I think specifically radio and PR are two places I just recommend finding somebody to do it if you can afford it. Because it, it really, those are places you'll get a bang for your buck. Really what we just did for radio, just found somebody that was good to work with and started small. You know, we're not going to just sit down here and just be like, hey, here's $5,000, which we don't even have <laughs> to start a radio campaign, you know, for this whole record. It's like, no, just start, you know, small, couple hundred bucks here. See if anybody even likes it, you know, see what the responses are and go from there. We are considering it possibly for the full length now. We've gotten some decent response back, but it's also like, you know, we found out that like we're not totally loved at radio. So like, you know, a few key spots do like us. So I think it's, you know, a reason to follow up. It's, it's part of it's just kind of gauging. There's like industry norms and things that you can quote unquote expect, but like it, it's 
it's hard to expect anything with a new band. So this company is giving you feedback as well. They're giving you, uh, they're letting you know how you guys are performing with, with the, with the markets that they're pushing to. Yeah. We've been able to get feedback reports from uh, the different stations of, actually responded you know and just hear what they have to say feedback and data is just always the most helpful thing you can have and understanding like where to pivot and where to move in real time when you find things aren't connecting the way you think they should be you mentioned that um you're 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 self-managed and you're you're managing the band for for all intents and purposes so when you have to make those pivot decisions um how are those decisions made as the band? Are you coming to the guys and saying, hey, here's the data, here's how we're performing, this is what I think we should do, and then you, you have a discussion? Do you just do you just kind of handle it and they don't want to hear about it? Like, how does the, how, how does the decision-making happen in the band? It kind of depends sometimes when it's, um, obviously, on like more creative things, like I'm, I'm always going to bring them to the whole band. Like we're talking about like edits on, edits on music videos, edits on... Um, graphics songs like anything like that and any of the purely creative decisions like really get bounced around to everybody and i usually have to hand them or at least some for for answers if there's if there's something like uh something on the business side that needs like a step a snap decision that really doesn't involve uh, anything creative I'll, i'll usually just make those decisions and roll with it it does depend sometimes but like i mean i always will be like circling back with people like hey we're we're going to be doing this, you know, we're going to be doing that, but there's never really any, you know, at least on the business side of things, I, I generally do just handle things. Cool. Yeah. I think that, that, that kind of makes sense uh, for a lot of those things. Like you said, you, you often have to make quick decisions and if you got to sit down and, and have a committee decision on everything, it, it might slow you down quite a bit. So, so that makes a lot of sense to me. The guys kind of trust you to handle this stuff. So you're not running into to disagreements. Yeah, no, we, part of it is just like, nobody really cares about the business side of things. Um, yeah. It's really hard to get, I mean, not like my band exclusively, it's just any bands, like, they don't, no, nobody cares. <laughs> you know, now, it's definitely more people care these days in the rise of like the indie DIY artists. But I, I mean, I remember especially like, that was the whole reason I started giving a shit about it was because nobody would like 10 years ago or you know however long it was when i was starting people just don't want to be bothered i mean people become <laughs> people become artists you know to not think about that kind of stuff and then when you try and ask people to they're just tuned out and don't don't want to bother so i mean i think that is something like if a band is going to try and find management definitely find somebody you can trust but also don't find <laughs> don't get a manager who you're their first client <laughs> right you don't want to be the guinea pigs segment into another thing is be consistent as a band it, it definitely works your disadvantage when when things fluctuate too much um especially you know something that's interesting it's like it, it definitely varies demographic to demographic like when you're talking about like you know hip-hop rap pop music it it doesn't it doesn't need to be consistent. Like it just, it just needs to happen because people are like the audiences for that type of music are just always tuned in and always paying attention to what's going on. Whereas like the audiences for like rock, hardcore, emo, alternative, like all these extra like subgenres and uh, of just like rock generally, um, you really need to beat the fans over the head to pay attention to things. 
they're not always on their phones. They're not always checking in on things. One post is not enough. It's, it's nowhere near enough. Like you gotta just really keep letting people know and hammer it in. Like this is happening, this is happening. And you know, like in slightly different ways every time, but like, you know, and you may feel like you're trying to shove things down people's throats, but at the same time, you know, you need to pay attention to the fact that like social media is limiting your reach generally in terms of like, you know, you're not hitting your full audience every time. You need to kind of keep hitting people and hitting people and hitting people with it because you're going to catch new people every time just saw that for the very first time that time. Right. Um, and, and, and different ways of, of reaching out too. Right. Uh, I just, I just ran a, a poll question on my story and I got like three times as many views on it as I normally do. So, you know, obviously the algorithm liked both the, the fact that I was running a poll question and I guess the way that people were engaging with it. Right. So once you, you, you got to play with, with the algorithms. A exactly. bit it's knowing, I mean, talking on social it's you know getting familiar with the tools um available right now honestly for bands i would just say like twitter and facebook um make sure on instagram and tiktok that's the two places that matter and just have like wider reaching discoverability especially for artists especially like to instagram reels and uh, tiktok like captioning closed captioning that's a big thing because a lot of people are scrolling their phones with audio off the new captioning tool is great. Actually, it was, uh, uh, I think, a promo that you guys were running that tuned me into that uh, captioning tool on Instagram. He was talking and and the words are, are scrolling down and, and, and the uh, and the captioning yeah. tool, it looks really good. You know, different size fonts, they're, they're all in caps. And uh, I was like, whoa, I guess anybody can, can do this now. <laughs> also, it's funny because not all rock bands have good hearing. We, uh, we subject our ears to way too much beating. Like what's next for a hold fast hope? Are you, are you guys looking at record deals? Are you, are you thinking of, um, uh, of just continuing down the, the DIY route? Like where, where's hold fast hope headed? You know, I mean, I'd like to kind of stay DIY as long as we can, um, just for maintaining like rights management and stuff. But then there's also the kind of thing where we like saying DIY, but we are, you know, actively generally looking for label support you know but it's trying to find like the right home for it you know somebody that's going to work with you and not just try and like kind of take control over everything it's basically i mean it's something we're actively you know working towards along this route because how do i put this i guess it's <laughs> getting a hundred percent of a you know a pot that's this big is is great but if you can get you know 50 percent of a pot that's this big that that can be better so we're trying to you know find a label that that can work with us and maybe help bring us to the next level while you know not victory records us i guess this is probably the first place it's going to go out um, but we're announcing this monday uh, a new single called actor observer is going to be coming april 8th while we're on like a little weekender with our friends in um was and when in sounds and scenarios so looking forward to that and getting some more new music out there and trying to launch a TikTok campaign with it. So we'll see how the hell that goes. Nice. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, I, I appreciate you, you giving us the drop on, on your new single. And, um, and, and I, I will say that just in closing that poll question that I mentioned before was just a, a simple question to, to musicians out there. Uh, it said a band is a business. Yes or no. And, uh, 65% of people responded, yes, that it is. So I think, um, I think there's interest in, in this topic. I think, you know, the things that you're sharing here are really valuable. Um, so, you know, I, I thank you for 
for given uh, uh, you know given the, the New York music crowd uh, and others as well some some good tips. So uh, thank you yeah. so much for your time. All right, Dan from Hold Fast Hope, go check them out. Thank you.